This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, it's Keen here. I just want to take some time before we get into some more frivolous, jovial contents to discuss some of the serious stuff. As you heard James say last week, my sister, Arwen, passed from suicide last Monday, the 14th of April, 2020. The last few days have been really challenging for me and my family and everyone who knew Arwen. But I feel okay today to continue with the podcast as it's an enjoyable few hours for me each week. I want to thank everyone who reached out with some kind words of support and even donated to mental health charities. It was really encouraging to see. Arwen was a big fan of the show. She even won the Fantasy League a few weeks ago and I knew she was really proud of me for doing the show. She was a proper fashionista and she often slagged how I critiqued some of the looks on Drag Race, considering I'm not a particularly fashionable man in the real world. So, in honour of her, I would like to play a clip of a voice message she sent me from her boyfriend Cahill's house about Season 12, Episode 1 of Drag Race. Arwen, this is for you. I'm offended that I'm not on your podcast, so I'm just going to respond um, to things as they arise. I, like, don't like Nikki Doll. Like, yeah, whatever, she's a fashion queen, but I'm just, like, we've seen that before, and, like, she's a bit boring. So I think that she was, like, the weakest... I initially thought that Heidi Closet, that's a shit name. And like, I love the way they were like, that's a fucking shit name because like, it obviously is. But like, she's deadly at like dancing. So I'm like, you know, you can't really overlook that. I think Nikki Doll is like good at like her outfits and stuff. I'm just like, <sighs> like I'm bored of her already. And it's like the first episode. So I'm like, she needs to go. You could include this on your podcast. So I love Gigi as well. And then Carl was like giving out to me about like obviously something unrelated. So he was like nitpicking at me at things. So I didn't like turn the heating off and I didn't like bring the glasses of water downstairs, whatever. And he just been giving out to me. And then I was like sulking or whatever because he'd given out to me. He's like, what's wrong? And I was like, you read me for filth. Like I didn't even think about it. It just came out of my mouth. <laughs> so she was like, Oh my god, I love that. And I was like, oh my god, you need to say that all the time now. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to say it all the time. Didn't tell him that it came from the drag queens. I'm James, and I just want you to come back home, baby. Bam! And I'm Keen. Look over there! <laughs> Welcome back to Sissy That Pod, the RuPaul's Drag Race Reaction Podcast. We didn't have an episode about the show last week, but we're back here, just myself and James, and we're discussing episode 8 and episode 9 of RuPaul's Drag Race season 12. Keeping it in the family. Exactly. You know, those special moments. <laughs> just, just us kitty girls. Yeah. Okay, so because we're doing two episodes this week, we won't go into as much detail about them, so let's just jump straight in, episode 8. We have a mini challenge for the first time in a few weeks. It's basically 
promo for FabFitFun, which I have heard before on podcasts and stuff like that. I think it's just like a box of goodies. And they have to use FabFitFun to try, have a sort of catty kiki amongst them. It's kind of like the reading challenge in a way. How did you think it worked as a mini challenge? Um, Yeah, I like the reading challenge a lot. And I think that the reading challenge is, is very fun. I like this take on it, but I would have preferred if this was like, a, I, I don't like that it replaced the reading challenge. I think that that Jackie um, Jackie and uh, Jada, Gigi and um, Crystal were, were like by far the best grouping. Mm. Um, it was fun. It was, it was kind of entertaining. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was, it was a good concept, but I don't really like how the mini challenges, because I mean, I know we're, we're not talking yet about uh, today's episode, but the mini challenges being turned into vehicle for product placement does frustrate me because we get into like the posh kitty litter. We had our bubbly sparkling water and it's just a bit like, especially if you're going to mess with such, with such an iconic challenge, you know, like like the reading challenge is, is, is one of like, it's one of about three things in the show uh, along with a snatch game and and like the the ball and it was the puppet challenge until it was gotten rid of where it was really like this is a staple piece of the show and mm. and if you're going to mess with it you want it to really be worthwhile and not feel like as if it's just kind of it was a cute idea but i felt a bit like oh they've just done this in order to try and create a vehicle for this product placement and that irked yeah. me even though the queens handled it quite well and some of them were quite funny <clears throat> in what they were saying we don't know for sure if it has fully replaced the reading challenge, though. Uh, you, but yeah, I think we can guess because I think that this week was the top seven, and it would be unusual to leave the reading challenge to like, uh, like to to go down to less than the like the top six because now it was top okay. six. So I, I just I wouldn't feel like the reading challenge is going to. I feel like they've kind of gone past the point where they can have the reading challenge. Yeah, um, I think if we don't have it next week. It's passed. Yeah, for for definite, for definite. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like I would agree. It, it was no, it was no library's fundamental challenge. I the first group were much better. They had a much more fun energy. I felt how they delivered their insults were like this is most like this is ninety percent a joke with a shade of insult, whereas the other ones were like this is ninety percent insult, but it's you know a bit of humor in it, you know. And it, you know, you got the energy from the first grouping that they actually liked each other, and they're like, you know. They can they know each other so well that they can pass these jokes off yes. as jokes. Whereas the second group hated each other. You did get that impression. There was like a weird tension yeah. going on with the second group. And and I know we, we don't necessarily talk about her all that frequently throughout, but in this last week's challenge and in this week's challenge, and I think it's because we're talking about the two of them sort of together. This like big energy of like comedy sherry. Like, I'm not actually seeing it. I do wonder kind of like if we were in an alternate timeline where we, we didn't have that situation with her. Like, I feel like both her and Gigi are kind of have dipped the last two weeks, um, which is interesting because Sherry's thing is comedy. And I didn't find her funny in that. I didn't find her funny in the political challenge. But, you know, uh, it, it's just an interesting thing to note because it's sort of, you're, you're only catching glimpses of it as it like pops up mm. on the, the screen. Well, I did feel with the kitty litter that it was a lot harsher of an edit. It was like, oh, my name's Cherry Pie. My cat, my cat's called She's a Fella. <laughs> <laughs> so there could have been better content in there that they just swiped away from us. Um, but yeah, that's a good point. Um, there's a little bit in episode eight where the queens start doing impressions of each other. Again, set up by Sherry. And it does sort of feel like the producers are like, Sherry, ask 
question. <laughs> and they're like, hey guys, is anyone, can anyone do any good impressions of each other? But it was a fun moment, I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just uh, like that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so the main challenge for episode eight then was, was Droop, where they had to brand their own sort of healthy living, uh, Greta Paltrow style um, mm-hmm. product. Uh, who sort of stood out for you in, in that challenge? Before we get to that, I have to say, I ap- I actively dislike Bob Harper. I think he is terrible. <laughs> I really do not like that he was given a platform. If you were going to get a member, uh, if you're going to get someone from The Biggest Loser who is a branding expert, who's a member of the LGBTQ community, who is not particularly representative, you get Gillian Michaels. She is hilarious. She is a fucking prop. Like, she's a... she's. I, I don't know she's an outspoken feminist a lesbian she's amazing she deserves to be given the platform way ahead of him she okay. she made the biggest loser the show it was when I used to watch it many years ago um, <laughs> as a fatter fella you know you have aspirations but <laughs> but I, I was like oh here come on and Gillian Michaels is just so much more entertaining I found him like he, he just was so like he was like sort of like a an unnecessary member of the pit crew like that's kind of all he was i was like you know yeah. what get out get he out he didn't really seem to be getting it at times no like when jackie was giving him stage direction he was like i don't know what we're doing here yeah and then also um i heard alexis michelle talk about jan when she was on the the pit stop or the yeah the pit stop yeah last week saying that jan gave it a hundred percent and if the director wants less that's up to the director to rein it down you should never be given too little so i was wondering did he end up leaving that jan advert as a as a mess which ultimately led to her device i don't know i felt going into it there was sort of like there was sort of a set up for Jan I felt like I don't know like I'm not into my conspiracy theories though of course I have in this podcast well if there was one of us that were it would be you <laughs> yeah. I guess I am more of an okay boomer sort but um I, I I felt like from the outset of this episode there was kind of like a fond farewell to Jan and kind of highlighting some of the you know like I felt like they were building up to where it eventually went with her from the from the outset of the episode. Yeah, well, to be fair, I don't think you... I don't think reading an edit for what it is is necessarily conspiracy theory. Like, we all know how they edit people in that show because they know who does well. Yeah. And we did see Jan sort of just not really make the mark repeatedly, even though I was a big fan of her. And I thought in this challenge, she was the most, like, pop culture with her sure Jan references. I mean, like, that's a massive gif or me, yeah, gif. Uh, at the moment uh, I just I was like oh she's hitting it on the nose and then the ad I thought I think this comes up a lot this series I think they're all quite strong that in another series she would be safe but it yeah. just was the worst was the worst of the better ones if that makes yeah, sense yeah no ab- absolutely um and they, they all actually were extremely strong I, I the, the one I suppose from from watching the actual episode and, and watching the kind of bit where you're with Bob and they're they're recording it, I felt like Heidi's was going extremely poorly, and I mm. thought that she was getting a bottom edit. I I was surprised, and because like even her outfit, I thought was pretty like wrecked, and I I didn't enjoy, like she had very limited backgrounds, and it just felt like the only joke she had was the tears of a drag queen, kind of Heidi Heidi like, and this actually comes up again in in in, in episode nine as well. I I think. RuPaul is a little bit fond of himself and mm. um, you know is now kind of I think has seen a queen directly take something that was given by 
her and is implementing it into their character so it's kind of like oh you're gonna win now because you did that and then even again this week kind of like with all the kind of like i the people who took the advice given by rue sort of went on to do very well if you know what i would I mean. say to a lesser extent in episode nine because oh, like, to a lesser extent definitely yeah. but I, I i was just a bit like is the only reason you're winning that you took the name that Rue gave you and Rue was like, Oh, am I great? Am I brilliant? <laughs> um, but no, I, I loved, I, I loved the, the franticness of Crystal setup and kind of that, like, obviously you can tell how her mind works and they kind of had created this like massive mm. sort of, um, this massive sort of like concept, which is brilliant. You could tell that Widow throughout this episode and then and when she was, like she was undermining herself at every step and kind of had mm-hmm. already decided I'm not really I'm, I'm like this isn't my sort of challenge I'm not going to do well here so I'm just kind of gonna sort of ride it out as best I can but like there was no sense of kind of there was no sense of sort of like I can do this there was a real sense of like oh well this isn't my thing so I'm not going to do it which actually if you go back to the snatch game was kind of the attitude she came there, in with as well yeah mm. I I I, the only reason I liked Widow's product was because it reminded us of, of, of the start of this season when we were like, my throat is very relaxed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> like Gigi Good's ad was good. She just needed a bit more energy. Like I loved the, hi, I'm better than you. <laughs> like she had some really good lines like that. It, it's, that a- I think. It, it's actually interesting. I think if you put her and Jada sort of side by side and that they both mm. kind of went for that kind of like, I'm better than you vibe. But I think Jada pulled it off better because she made a joke about how she was kind of a bad actress from Gay's Anatomy and it's like like it kind of allowed us all as Ross Matthews would say it allowed us all in on the joke whereas I found with Gigi how hard she went on how well she was doing in the competition how much better it it sort of was a bit like oh come on cool your tits you know you need to Mm. be taken down a peg or two because I was I actually did enjoy her ad and I I sort of even thought like on on another season in, in different competitions in a different competition it would have it, it could have potentially won um yeah because I, I liked the kind of although she she did the same joke that katia did where she, like essentially her product was something similar to the katia project the mm. thing that she did in, in all stars or was that all stars or was that her season i can't remember i think it was all stars yeah i think so because they i just remember detox did the bin yes um but like yeah where she did the thing where you spray in your face and you're going collapse um yeah. Yeah, and actually, even then, like that goes back to say Jinx with the delusion perfume, where you spray yourself and then you you knock yourself. So actually, maybe it's a joke that's been done before. <laughs> now yeah. that I think about it, but that's not an issue on Drag Race. No, that is certainly not an issue on Drag Race, <laughs> <laughs> unless you keep doing the same character in the same series, exactly. like Sherry. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think Jackie's was actually probably the best ad, like with the for you and the and the finger guns to the camera and stuff like that, like. Uh, again in the bit bit bob you were like oh, i'm not really sure how this goes but she pulled it out of the bag yeah absolutely i think i think hers was probably hers and crystals were far and away my favorites um and it, it like it sort of frustrates me that 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 neither of them got the like full recognition and the cash prize for doing something that was really very funny well thought out and clever I like because I love Heidi so much. I think she's fantastic, but I just I it it does kind of it just makes me roll my eyes a little bit because even when you get to the runway, because if you get to, if you take the the runway into account, Crystal was was the best, 
and deserves to like she smashed the challenge her runway was like really out of the box and interesting and even jackie's like she had a whole storyline to her outfit so i, I just was like it, it frustrated me i actually thought heidi's look was better on the runway than jackie's i liked i liked heidi's look i thought it was glam and fun or glam and kind of like the best she's probably looked in the whole mm. series but i just was like ugh, i don't know it just depends what the judges are looking for this, if this is a branding challenge, then you should be you know, getting points for doing a good brand. But in reality, all they really want to do is laugh. Yeah. And Heidi made them laugh the most. Even if she had the... Sh- like, she could have had the worst brand ever and she just went down and she made them laugh and she could have won, yeah. you know? And it is kind of a thing. Even with this presidential campaign in episode nine, all they really want to do is laugh. Yeah. And if you can make them laugh, you're going to do well. Yeah. No, that's absolutely true. Although it, it is interesting because... I, I suppose the what they're looking for can shift depending on what storyline they do want to set up because I suppose yeah, if you true. think about like if you think about the last politics challenge they did where they had say Dan Savage in doing the walk around I can't remember what season that was on um, eight yeah every four years every oh every four years oh my god um, as if it is aligned with the election well actually I was I was um, I, I was thinking of the one in season four actually because that's already mm. had Dan Savage in and it was like walking around and some of the characters, some of the guys at that point were like, oh yeah, no, well, I'm going to go for more comedy way. And he was like, oh no, but like, this is a serious challenge. You know, you need to, you need to be taking it seriously. And then like, I, I, I don't know, it, it sort of, it fluctuates, I think, depending on like what storyline they want to give a particular person or where they want oh, to push things. I don't think they know that all they want to do is laugh. I think they think that they're taking more into account than just the laughter. Mm. But from the viewer, I think, and someone who's a fan of the show, I think it's pretty clear that, all they really want to do <laughs> is laugh, <laughs> you know, um, regardless of how ridiculous the, the product was. Like, I actually thought Sherry's was a good advert. And then Carol or Car- uh, Ross Matthews was like, but we didn't laugh until halfway through. And I was like, that doesn't really matter. Like, yeah. I was engaged in the product. I thought this was an interesting character on my TV. So, like, that really seems to be all they really want to do. Yeah, no, that's true. I have to say that probably my favourite moment in Drag Race history now is Crystal Method standing at her science table hammering the wigs. Like, honestly, I've, I've had to re-watch it so many times. It is, it, it is just... Oh God, and, and that, like, suit. Like, she looked so ridiculous in that suit with the big kind of, like, floofy arms, like, walking around with her hair out. And I was just like, that. I, I don't know. The fact she didn't win is going to be one of the Drag Race's greatest shames forget the I fracking you, i think you need to dial down the bias towards crystal uh, on this podcast we need to be objective <laughs> no we don't it's my podcast i can say what i want and it's not yours uh, uh yeah i mean i thought she was good i wouldn't i wouldn't put that scene up as one of the best drag race moments of all time mm, maybe i disagree <laughs> Are you wearing delusion? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Somebody who wasn't at the races at all in episode eight wasn't just Jan, was also Shaka Khan. (laughs) I mean, a legend, a legend in the, on Spotify's, but not a lot to say on the Drag Race. Oh my God. Other than, I have a fan to promote. (laughs) Hey Keen, tell me something good. A lot of money. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I forgot she said that. Yeah, and then she was just like twerp. <laughs> and then when she found out what a merkin was, she was like, "That is like the coolest thing I've learned all year." Like, I'm like, really? 
Uh, also, I'm just like, I mean, like, it's definitely like if you didn't know what a Merkin was and then you learned what a Merkin was, you probably would be like, oh, I, I didn't realize there'd be a market for that. Yeah. But the fact that it would be like mind blowing information, I'm like, hmm. I'd say between takes, she had about seven tabs open ordering Merkins by the way she took that piece of news. <laughs> yeah. I think one time, like one time the camera cut to her and all she said was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And that was her input. Mm-hmm. Like what? Yeah. Constructive who, feedback. <laughs> other than Crystal, who I agree was the best in, in this runway for the Black Wedding, who else did you like? Um, Heidi actually would have been up there. Yeah, I, I love the, so. big, the big collar thing she had was gorgeous. Um, mm, I think it was her best look so oh, far. Oh, completely. Uh, I enjoyed, I did enjoy Jan's an awful lot. I thought that it was really good. Mm. And then there was some Dragula controversy because apparently that's a stolen look. The the, the Oh, yeah, from so who? There was, there was, I can't remember now. Season two contestant, they did a black wedding challenge and yeah. someone else had a smoking bouquet uh, and there was like mm-hmm. there's been some drams on the grams about I've, that. I've watched that episode recently, but they didn't have I don't on the back. That's what I'm trying to remember. Oh no no no! So the, the it okay. was just so, the smoking bouquet that was that was uh, that was uh, was 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 stolen. Okay. Well, from from watching that season, I think was it Victoria Black? Um, the, it, yeah. The the smoking bouquet was a lot more smoky on Dracula. <laughs> I think the yeah. smoke didn't really translate. On the runway, I don't think. No, no, no. It was kind of like when um, Naomi Smalls did the burnt apple pie look. And yes. there was supposed to be mm. smoke coming in and it wasn't really. Um, so basically, the uh, Drag Race dials down the smoke, whereas Dragula dials it up. No, yeah, exactly. that's it. Uh, no I, I, I did. I think of the top three looks for me were definitely Crystal, Heidi and Jan. I thought they were phenomenal. Didn't yeah. love... Gigi's as much as the judges seem to love it like she obviously looked immaculate her hair and makeup was stunning but mm. I, I just was like it actually the same reaction to her and and um and Jada's look it just felt a bit simple or something yeah I didn't love the runway category I felt there wasn't a lot of space to move in it only person who did anything somewhat different was Crystal yeah she's the the only one who brought sort of a concept to She's the only one who brought like a, a concept to it that was slightly outside the box. Yeah, and um, wasn't necessarily rewarded for it too much. No, no. Um, so would you agree then with the tops in that episode? Jackie, Jada, Heidi, Crystal, and then the bottoms being Gigi, Sherry, Widow, Jan. I, I, I don't. Know, I have a sort of a. I don't like when they just. I like when they do some safe queens and it's clearer who's in the top and who's in the bottom. I prefer that. Mm. And I know you get into this point now where there's like eight queens, so like really you would have only had two safe queens at that point. But I still like prefer that like three and three, um, or even like when you when it's very definitely two versus two. And I would have said that like the two people who ended up in the bottom, I think. Well, no, actually, I think Gigi should have been lip syncing instead of Jan. But anyway, yeah. But uh, so I, I would have, I would have put Gigi and Widow uh, in, in in the bottom, and I would have put Heidi and Jackie, or no, Crystal and Jackie in the top. I would have had Crystal win, and I well, I don't know what way that would think would have gone, but I imagine Gigi probably wouldn't have outperformed Widow. Yeah, I think I think she might have been able to do it. Well, actually, sorry, no, in episode eight, no, she wouldn't have been able. To. No one would have been able to beat Widow in episode eight. Yeah, um, in that song, as Jan 
highlights multiple times in Untucked. Yeah. I'm never going to beat Widow. Uh, I actually... I easily could have seen Sherry in the bottom with Widow as well. That, I think, would have been... Yes, you know. Because she had a worse look than Gigi and Jan. That's true. I, I'd say her ad was more or less the same as Jan's. It's actually so weird because now that you said that, I had actually forgotten that she was even in contention for being in the bottom because yeah. I'm just like, I forget <laughs> she's even there. Yeah. Um, But I think based on... I, I, I would have said, you know... This is that thing where you come back to a drag race where you're never really sure kind of what's counting for what. Mm. Um, and in some cases, a, a shitty performance can be saved by an amazing runway. So in other situations, Jan would have pulled herself out of the bottom with that like with that amazing look. Like RuPaul, like doesn't really get too involved in um in in what people like to, for for RuPaul to actively say you look stunning tonight like that that you would have assumed would have been like you know mm. you're, you're being lifted out of it. but I, I i don't know yeah i yeah it's, it's hard to know like it's hard to know based on my opinion who i put in the bottom but then also what the judge's opinion are and how much they waited and i they and we'll get into this in episode nine cause, but like they must be putting track record in as well when it comes to bottom two yeah no absolutely because i think for for both episodes gg was i would actively got some of the worst critique Mm. Um, and I think that say actually if you look at the yeah if you look at episode 9 that's a place where Runway seemed to have counted to, to elevate someone out of the bottom when they got a, a like a terrible performance critique whereas for Jan the previous week it hadn't had the same impact exactly yeah no so Jan obviously then took on Widow to Shaka Khan's This Is My Night which I thought was a great lip sync song but she had no hope against uh, no and Widow I think watching Untucked and watching Review of the Jew, she acknowledges that she knew when it got to that place and that point that this wasn't, that this was, that the writing was on the wall. And she even mm-hmm. acknowledges that when she didn't win the Madonna challenge, that her time on Drag Race was coming to an end. So I think, because actually that's the one thing we didn't talk about in the last episode was at the beginning of it, this huge storyline around kind of her like absolute like, tearful breakdown which she attributed mm. to her um missing Britta mid- missing Britta which transparently I would have said not the case <laughs> <laughs> but everybody but else it, was like it's because you're annoyed you didn't win and she's like no it's because I miss Britta no it's because I miss Britta and she's and then afterwards she was like oh no it's because I was annoyed I, I didn't win <laughs> <laughs> but I, I actually like to be fair I was kind of forgiving of her in that because I didn't think it was actually that it was that she didn't win I think it was just a realisation that this was the challenge she should have won mm. and that if, if she wasn't this, going to win I this I wouldn't have won Anthony yeah. yeah it's like that's this is this was my moment to break through I haven't broken through where is this going to you know I've hit that glass ceiling yeah I'd love to see more of Jan though she really impressed me and I think she'd be a really strong uh, all-stars contender because all she needs I think is that extra 10% yeah and she'd be really strong I've never warmed to her um, I was I, I, I liked her well enough but she never was someone who kind of like I don't know I suppose everyone has strong reactions to particular characters I've had a very strong reaction to Crystal um, I maybe I like I like queens who are more clowny, jokey. I I just for for me, Jan, there was always something a little bit sort of like I don't know if you're you, well, you're not on Facebook, but there's the Simpsons Drag Race fans Facebook page, and mm-hmm. someone did kind of the um put up a, a, a I mean, do you know in the Simpsons where there's the like all the like the hundred one dogs 
and then the cat goes anyway I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not gonna badly explain this but for me she was always trying a bit too hard I was just like get out of the way Jan I I, no I think she was trying too hard but I think it was a lovable sort of like oh look please love me (laughs) and I don't think it was like like that become that warms me more than someone who's a Gigi being like well I mean I've won three challenges now you know so of course everyone loves me Jan will win my favor more in that yeah no I guess I guess so I guess so, I guess so. I'll, I'll, I'll give her I'll, that, I'll, that's a ply disagree on. <laughs> I'll, I, 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 I I anticipate seeing her again on a uh, I, I anticipate seeing her again on on all stars and I feel like it's going to be like seeing Ginger Minge back where it's someone who I didn't really care about it's not that I didn't like or didn't care for it's that I actually was just like oh yeah you're here too I guess I controversially wanted Ginger Minge to win up season seven. That's quite controversial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look over there. Um, <laughs> after Jan went, we went into episode nine. Halfway through, I was thinking to myself, oh, well, if I lost one of my favorites in episode eight, it looks like James is going to lose one of his favorites, a.k.a. Crystal, in episode nine. You, when we jumped on this this call before we recorded the episode, you were like, that episode was a roller coaster. And I realized that you meant it was a roller coaster purely from the point of view of a Crystal fan. <laughs> yeah, no, completely. But I, I, I would say, I'm going to say absolutely that like my, I, my, I was clutching my pearls along with Heidi for fear of, of Crystal's life because I did not know what way it was going to go. But I also just found overall the episode had like, not even maybe maybe roller coaster isn't the right word but like it was like just you're being like thrown from one direction like you didn't know where you were ending up like what the fuck was that mini challenge like literally what the fuck was Mm. that mini challenge then you get to like the i kind of liked it though it was kind of fun no i just didn't understand it i was like what is but it was like what i was saying about the the one for for the previous episode it had been this kitty litter company had come and said hey will you do something for us yeah okay we'll do some drag queens taking a dump i'm like what well also i think it was because so this was recorded summer 2019 and everyone knew cats was coming out at the end of that year so people figured cats would be you know much spoken about new movie either for good or for bad i don't know if they knew if it was bad at that point i think it was supposed to be playing off the back of cats um Yes, I, I definitely agree. And they even made some references. And then there, I think there mm. what, seems, what sounded like there was like a post-recording bit where um, Rue says, you did better than the cast of Cats. And I was like, yeah. oh, you know, that, that obviously, that was quite funny. But like, this challenge felt demeaning. It, like, it actually <laughs> felt demeaning. The way even Rue was directing this, it felt very like, it, it just reminded me of Terry Richardson, that like photographer who was like, mm. who, who, who was supposedly like, kind of making models do weird things on set purely for like sort of sexual gratification and like i was just like the whole concept of the photo shoot was weird it was also like obviously put in just for product placement i just i i i I didn't like it i didn't really laugh at it and then oh i did and i I, it felt like it felt like as if it had we got the the most like the first uh, effective in- interpretation of Earth a Kiss that's ever been on the show out of three attempts I'm like well that was good isn't it great that your memory now is- on Drag Race is going to be 
rolling Cat. around in in a kitty litter box. I I <laughs> I don't know. I I had a lot of feels about that. Uh, I thought it was just a bit of fun. The only one I thought was degrading was Widow when when Rue was like, "Look, there's a laser on the wall," and she did her little bit hitting the wall, and then she's like, "Look, the laser's still there." And she's like, "Fuck's sake, okay." And then it's that, the wall again. That was exactly the bit where I had my Terry Richardson realization. I was like, "This is grim. This is basically mm. RuPaul saying." I've got a bag of cash in the back and you'll do whatever the fuck I want you to do to get it. And I, I don't know. I did, because I suppose like the, the episode to me felt like it like went on this wild kind of like road all over the place. And it was like, you didn't really know where you were. You didn't even have the comfort of Michelle Visage on the judging panel to like, mm. you know, kind of like bring you back to normality. So like the, the, that, that mini challenge felt like so out of place that when you get into the rest of it, like it just, it was like, I don't know. It was like a, but is it that different though? Because in the past they've been army people. In the past they've been was it season eleven? They had to be like a, a busted woman trying to get into a bar. Like I think this is just another sort of mini character that people have to do. I, I think it was just the aggressive product placement. I had a I had a problem. Okay. with. like I think that's that's what it was. And well, also, I would have I, more of an issue with it in episode eight, where you get a brand who basically railroads a beloved challenge. Whereas in this, I feel like this is just a characterization challenge themed by a brand yeah maybe if they'd been funnier i'd have maybe it like because jackie was the only one where i even was like oh <laughs> and I then Crystal i was like was good. and then i was like uh, jackie you could have done her for your snatch game you know because that was much better than the actually no lisa rinna was really funny too but anyway <laughs> um oh i thought i thought Gigi was good and i thought crystal was good as well yeah i liked crystal too of course. Uh, of course. Well, they're told anyway that they're they're going to be doing the presidential uh, debate. There's a a really really good walkthrough at Raven. Raven like sometimes when you know it's Trixie Mattel or it's Jinx Monsoon or it's Vanjie. Actually, Vanjie did a good job. But I thought Raven had one of the best guest walkthroughs yeah, we've seen so. in a while. Yeah, I think so. Now I did feel like kind of this was sort of um, got the kind of like a. Like Rue, I think, is, is branding himself more and more as kind of like a cult leader these days, where it's kind of like, <laughs> I have all the answers. And there was a sense from it of kind of like, here is my, uh, I, I'm not going to give you the advice, but my my little assistant here will tell you exactly what, and it, like there was an awful lot of kind of like, just do what Rue says. Like the, the only advice given throughout that walkthrough, I felt was like, just do what Rue says. Just do what Rue says. And I was like, the... Because it say earlier in the season where you hide the walkthrough around Snatch Game where Gigi kind of confront like Rue was like that doesn't sound like it's going to work and then Gigi went out and did the robot and it was hilarious and it was like oh amazing kind of like I think if they if they hit too hard in on pick up on the tips that Rue gives you and follow those to win then what you're going to get is a lot of very monotonous performances in the future where people aren't going to be mm. thinking outside of the box and you're not going to get those kind of like interesting or exciting things because the queens will feel in order to do well in this competition I just followed the cues given by Rue and I know that can work sometimes because last week when Crystal did it for her uh, for her mullet challenge and even this week with Heidi with the gap like that was very very funny but I just would be worried that as it goes on, if that becomes more of a recurring thing, you're going to start seeing queens basically just coming along and waiting to see what Rue wants them to do before, rather than thinking for themselves. 
Yeah, like, I think there's an element of truth to that. But at the end of the day, I mean, he is the main judge. So you kind of have to, like, he is he is controlling what we see anyway because he decides who stays and who goes home. So I think yeah. that's kind of always been the case. And to give him a tiny bit of credit, like, the constructive criticism is normally vague. It's more like, do you, you know, bring out yourself. So, like... He didn't go and tell Crystal, focus on the mullet. Like, Crystal had a really strong performance in that challenge and it looked like it was going to go really badly. And all he really said was, you know, bring out what is essentially you. So I think it actually was good um, television. And I think his advice can be altered depending on who you are. I very much enjoyed... um the the weird exchange between Raven and Widow about the biscuit baskets and <laughs> how, how Widow even by wearing the biscuit baskets was giving up on herself. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually I felt sorry for, true, for, for for yeah I felt sorry for Widow throughout the um throughout the entire episode I felt like she was sort of you know she had to like chase the laser in the thing and like beg for Rue's sort of like approval by doing that and then sort of like got like this telling off about how she hadn't been in the top and then getting into the challenge and she obviously didn't like she thought she was having a moment and she wasn't having a moment and it just like I I felt for her throughout the entire thing because I just Mm. I felt like you were kind of watching something struggling to stay afloat yeah, it's often around this time in the show as well that you will notice somebody who's fallen behind the pack. And Widow was definitely somebody in this yeah. case. Off the top of my head, Alexis Michelle, episode nine, like when it go, that episode of She's like, it's the ball episode, I think it is. And she's like, I was in the bomb last week. I'm going to bring it back. And you're like, no, I'm not going, I'm afraid. You no, can't get no. it back. So I did feel that with Widow. One thing I did like in the walkthrough, though, was when Jackie was like, oh, I'm not ready to devote. And we was like, what the fuck? And she's like, oh, no, well, you know, I'm Canadian. And then we haven't heard that she's Canadian since maybe Meet the Queens or maybe one time before that. But after she says, I'm Canadian, she comes up with the most Canadian sentence I've ever heard in Drag Race. <laughs> and she's like, and, and Rue's like, oh, you need to win a maxi challenge. She's like, oh, gosh, I need to, huh? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's proper Canadian country. Like. I have that written down here as well. What's yeah. that about? Oh, gosh, I need that, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so then we have Jeff Goldblum and Rachel Bloom, who I think are a great pairing in yeah. the challenge. I, I really enjoyed Jada's little talking head when they announced Jeff Goldblum. He's like, oh my God, he's a dinosaur doctor. I love a man who knows about dinosaurs. <laughs> like, and the thing about it is, like, you know that Jeff Goldblum is such an enormous star that everyone would know who it was. So like, I'm like, mm. all of these reactions are like, all of these actions are genuine, which is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think that they, these might be my favorite pairing of guest judges. Like, Possibly, in yeah. a long time. Like yeah. they're, they're, they were so funny together. And Jeff Goldblum is just such a character. Mm. Oh yeah, he is, and they were they were so good at the um, like mediating the panel, or whatever. Yeah. It was just really strong. I think so actually, that's... just before we we move into actually talking about the challenge, I think that there was an awful lot of stuff brought up in the because I suppose this was the episode for it in the the makeup, um, like mm. the makeup mirror moments, mirror moments. Because you had like you had a, a big conversation about race, you had a big conversation about like operating family divides and then sort of like the impact of the travel ban and i think obviously with with jackie's is that jackie's muslim heritage that that comes up a lot throughout the rest of the episode and i, I think it was quite powerful um and i think that you don't like with those mirror moments sometimes it can feel a bit forced but it felt like a very genuine conversation um, and it's like yeah interesting but i felt i'd heard it before from jackie 
yeah well the week that AOC was on like she did give a kind of insight into that um, and I suppose then there was like more to the story about how her mother needs her aunt to come and look after her and then sort of arrange the kind of you know not feeling like you're part of the country I, I, I was I, I was interested I think to hear a bit more of Widow's story and about the sort of feeling of not being able to mm. like not being able to yes. go to certain parts of the place or certain parts of the, the, the city that she lives in because being a black person means that you're going to be targeted or being a black person means that you're going to find yourself in, in trouble quickly I actually like because it's, it's a thing that really interests me because there's such a um a split in and again this is about Crystal I'm going to hold her hands up it is about Crystal but that feeling of kind of like how that is it dichotomy the right word it might might be it might not be but where she has obviously such a close relationship with her parents but then her parents have such conservative mm. views and how that relationship exists where she's able to have this really close relationship with her parents and her parents are able to see beyond their views enough to be able to accept her for who she is but then not to bring that out to a broader context to understand how the rest of the things they believe will impact on uh, it, it just, like it's just it is such an interesting story and something that you really only get in like in in america where there's such a polarized um, yeah it's such a polarized country yeah i i related to those not personally related but like i felt more from those two than the jackie story like even though i'm a big fan of jackie i could sympathize i just kind of was like that's kind of more of the same it's yeah, like yeah. you've like squeezed the last bit out of a sad situation to try <laughs> spread this story into three separate mirror moments i want to hear more from jada i think jada's other than sherry who obviously you know and, and Gigi. yeah we're not getting one from sherry because that would make her too likable Gigi's doing too well to probably get one but I'd love to see Jada open up a bit more because, like, Jada... Well, I'll get to a bit more towards the end of the episode, but, like, Jada's really shining for me. Yeah. And I think she's not really connecting with the audience too well, only because we haven't had seen that vulnerability from her. So I want to hear more from yeah, her. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so on to Jada. Watching this challenge, I suppose I didn't really know... I, I, going into it, sorry. Too many thoughts in my head. Going into it, I thought Jackie was going to do well. Gigi was going to do well. Widow was going to do poorly. Crystal was going to do poorly. Hollywood was going to do well. That was kind of where I was at from the run through based on past experience. Uh, and it kind of turned it all on its head almost. Yeah, I completely agree. I I had felt that, I felt strongly from the beginning of the episode and the energy going through it that even though Widow was trying to give herself the redemption storyline, that that wasn't the storyline she was getting. Mm-hmm. I thought that that Crystal felt like as if she was running out of steam um, and even when she made the joke at the beginning about how she was business at the front and party at the back which I thought was very funny I was like oh yeah. no like is this going to be a case of like relying on an old trope to try and you know to try and push is that going to be kind of your downfall and they're going to be like oh we saw this last week like we saw this before because it was interesting that a lot of them relied on stuff that they'd done before because they Gigi relied on the robot character to to, to bring her through. Well, you see, I was going to say this. I think she should have just done a robot character, a robot president. I know she'd already done it, but she would have been safe. She wouldn't have done the top, but she wouldn't have been bottom because she can do that really well. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, and I think she, she isn't get like, she, she's obviously someone who's like, whose momentum is carrying her right through. Mm. Um, when actually at the beginning, when we talked about the roller coaster this is the bit where it's kind of was the loop to loop for me because i didn't really understand what was going on i didn't really follow what was happening i don't like i in order to take the notes in order to talk about this i tried to like break down and and, and like I, I lost like after the kind of like what's your platform question i lost all track of what's going what was happening i was like 
where am I? What's happening? What is this? Like <laughs> the only the, the only like I, I I think I enjoyed it, but I also okay. might just be dazzled. I'm not sure. Right. Well, l- let me write down the summary from my notes. <laughs> so Sherry was going for a uh, force feed USA motif. We don't really see too much about her. Yeah. She brings up her Catherine Hepburn. Uh, the Jeff Goldblum Rachel Love because they haven't seen it before no one else was that impressed with it Crystal had I would say an uh, inconsistent set of comments but they were all very good the best one and probably one of the most clever comments there was I want to bring in bare chests and bare I love that uh, yeah breasts because bare arms is not enough like I was like that is brilliant yeah Um, Heidi even though she was talking to Big Talk about the closets she kind of just went more for the bridge the gap and she kind of won in their reactions. Like generally somebody can win yeah. on Twitter in untucked because of their, you know, sipping their, their drink with their straw or whatever like that. She mostly won through that. Widow just played the angry bitch and didn't come across likable. Jackie stuck to the accidentally Canadian thing mm-hmm. and it just hammered her home. And when she started singing the national anthem, I was like, cringe. Um, and then Jada was doing like... <laughs> I don't think it was a very clear character, but it was just really good improv off the cuff. Like yeah. when, when Sherry was like, I'd like to retitle that rebuttal. And then <laughs> Jade was like, I'd like to retitle the retitle of that rebuttal. And just the, the look over there and just this pure diversion and this pure like theater she was doing, which is very similar to a politician as well, to avoid answering questions in a really sort of clever way. Yeah. No, Jada Jada stood out for me. I think as the, the, the Jada was the clearest to me in, as as a front runner in it. There, there was it was no surprise to me that 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 she went on to win. You could feel that Jackie was definitely struggling, uh, or you mm. could feel that that her concept wasn't landing. Um, and the the rest of them, like you could kind of tell just from the amount of Heidi's reactions that they were using that she was doing well. And I honestly mm. couldn't have told you what way crystal was going because i i really liked the bare chest uh the bare chest bare breast i thought that was really funny but then after it there was like some of it was a bit kind of franticky and the glitter stuff and i just was like what's what's happening here but you could tell with widow that she even looked deflated like wearing that kind of like like she literally was blending into the background Um, you know what i think threw me off as well was the music now we are so used to being led by the music in Drag Race. Like when we would Snatch Game, when it's like, da, 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 you know, it's like, oh, this is going to be a good answer. And then when it's like quiet, slow, like dun, 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 or whatever, you know, it's going to be a bad answer. But there was the same music throughout. So I was yeah. watching it going, Jada is killing this, but I feel the music is good, is suggesting she's going to do badly. Yes. And I, I, I really feel like the, the two standout stars of the whole thing were Jeff Goldblum and Rachel, Rachel Bloom. Bl- <laughs> yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the two of them together and, and didn't fully understand what was happening. Much like Patricia Quinn and Snatch Game, I didn't have a clue what was going on. I thought, I thought it was fun. I think it was my favourite of the presidential elections because it wasn't a Fifi O'Hara who made it very awkward and racist and stuff. I talked about the help. <laughs> no, I, I didn't really enjoy it and I laughed a lot, but I just don't know that I was following what was happening. I felt like, kind of like an... I felt, oh my God... I felt like an old person watching Drag Race. I was like, <laughs> I'm laughing because there's funny colours on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> well, funny colours on the screen also happened during the runway, which was Stars and Stripes. To be honest, only person we're talking about for me really is Jackie, I think. Yeah. Um, I overall thought it was quite a good runway. I, I, 
really thought Jackie's was was in terms of the presentation like it was kind of yeah groundbreaking no? yeah really it was absolutely like crystals was on brand but i think it was a bit too much like i think i needed more of a true line heidi's was grand i thought widows would have been better without the big stars sherry um was a different silhouette for her which is interesting Gigi was a really good imitation but it wasn't that original and yeah. jada was was fine i i think the problem like when like when jada walked around in that superhero outfit <laughs> I was kind of like, oh yeah, I, th- I like I could kind of be like, oh right, this coupled with the performance, like obviously you're the winner. That's that's great. Um, and when Jackie walked around in the the hijab, I was like, well, there's no way you can go home now because this is too much of a statement. Mm. Um, but yeah, I I think that her and the conversation around her, like it actually is unusual for them to have conversation of that level or depth on yeah. the runway. So when Jeff Goldblum like asked, like you know you're obviously proud of your heritage but like your heritage isn't particularly proud of you what do you say to that and like that whole like that was really interesting Mm, definitely it was a good question yeah it was and you could tell he was that classic straight person being like this could be an offensive question i don't know if i should ask it but it's coming out of my mouth now already (laughs) so i'm not sure what to do (laughs) yeah yeah exactly um I, i i um I, I I thought her her answer was was honest. interesting and good and honest, yeah. Um, but no, I thought that she was fantastic. Uh, yeah, I I liked that. I felt a lot. I thought it was really really interesting and cool. So I was happy, not surprised to see Jada win. Um, and Crystal, I think, was again another close second. Heidi was a top as well, which I think was fair. Yeah. And then it came down to Sherry being safe and Widow and Gigi and Jackie in the bottom three and I said well I mean Jackie did better in the challenge and she had the best runway so I mean Jackie's safe and then Gigi versus Widow and they'll keep Gigi because she's won three challenges but no conspiracy theory I'm here now I think they were afraid of losing Gigi in a lip sync against Widow and they kept her and they're like Jackie hasn't won anything we'll throw her to the dogs and she just happened to put on a really good performance I completely agree I think that they didn't want to like and I think it's the same as last week as well they didn't want to put Gigi in the bottom because they knew that there was no way and and, and actually like from a production point of view I mean speaking as a producer obviously <laughs> um, last week you had an opportunity to recreate that very first lip sync Gigi versus Widow so from a storyline point of view that would have been really interesting and you could have even like sold that story through with kind of like Widow won the first lip sync but then lost the second one and so it was kind of like you know like if you want to sell that storyline but I suppose you know check a can there and that being such an important part of of the Widow thing I I was like I felt like Gigi deserved to be in the bottom last week what I think she deserved even more this week yes I, I, I both weeks I think she's she's really deserved to, to be in the bottom and I think that the fact that at one of those for one of those occasions she had them and put into the bottom like it just it's a bit kind of like tiresome because it's like mm. yeah we get that this is a story a show and a storyline that's been put together but like could you know could I was horrified I audibly gasped and I have my big A4 notebook that I take notes in and that was like in a triangle formation over my head as if I was sheltering from rain like, I, was, <laughs> I was like oh my god Jackie's going home now fortunately the song was firework and I felt seeing I've never seen a woman in a hijab and a kaftan 
dance. So, I mean, that was a wonderful thing for me to see. I, and I, I, I'm kind of glad they did it in the end because I think it was great television, yeah. but it was unfair. No, it, it was unfair. And hopefully, like, I, I really, really want Jackie to have a, a, a bounce next week because I think she, she is a really strong contestant. Mm. I was trying to think of the last time that I was so invested in a lip sync. I, mm. I think that the, it's it's like it's it's one of the lip syncs. I think it's a lip sync that'll go down for for a number of reasons, not just mm-hmm. the 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 um the hijab. I think it'll go down just as being like a spectacular lip sync. Even Jeff Goldblum was crying, but like mm. I I think it's probably Alyssa versus Tatiana was the last time that I was like that sort of edge of my seat. This is spectacular. Oh, what about Brooke and Evie? Oh, that was really good as well. But then I kind of forget that that season even happened. <laughs> I honestly thought like about halfway through that about halfway through the lip sync I kind of thought right this is going to be a double Shantae and even when it was like Jackie Cox Shantae you stay I thought okay they're going to go to Widow and say Shantae you also stay oh I didn't think it was a very even lip sync I thought Jackie absolutely slayed it I, I don't know I but most of the time was given to Jackie there was very limited time mm. given to Widow in the in but the that normally means she's, she has more of what's worth I, I think that just the, the energy that was carrying me through watching it I was like this is spectacular this is the this is like yeah. this is this is a lip sync for your life moment like this is one that'll kind of go down in history yeah and I agree but I, and I don't think it's because they were both really good I think it was because there was two levels going on. There was a contestant in a reality show who shouldn't have been in the bottom, who was fighting for their place in the competition, dressed as a minority in a country who's fighting for their position to stay in the country. Yeah, actually put it like that. It's kind of beautiful. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what, what I think mostly is I'm, I, I'm trying to think, we got like a double Shantae a while ago that I was a bit like, oh God. Um, or when we had like our double craning kind of thing. Like, you know, sometimes you get mm. your kind of, you get your, you get your kind of like surprise out of the blue. Like, oh, we're going to like, everyone stays. And it's like, I don't feel like this performance were, deserved it. And not even that Widows did. I just wouldn't have been surprised if in that moment they'd been like, Shantae, you both stay. Because Widow's outfit was like representative of like what she had been talking about in her mirror moment around kind of like the struggle with race in the country. And like, you know, had they yeah. amped that storyline up a bit more, you would have really felt like her kind of black power, black mm. girl magic, that kind and of And she was like, wearing a black power outfit as well. Yeah, yeah. So like I do, and like with the, like the amazing afro and she yeah, looks like... True. She looked so. I, I do like. I I wouldn't have been surprised, but I definitely think that it is the lip sync of the season so far, yeah. without a shadow of a doubt, and possibly the last couple of seasons. Yeah, de- like definitely, in a different level to Brooke and Evie, which was just you know interesting and good Stunts dancing. And it was the most emotional lip sync in in a while, I think. Yeah. Um, and I was going to say actually, prior to this episode. The lip syncs have been quite poor this season. And I think it will actually favour the queens who are in the final four or three, whichever we have, um, for to not do a lip sync smackdown to the crown if that's the format they're not going with because I don't think it will be that good of a live show. Even though it hasn't been that good in the last one. Anyway, it certainly won't be that good for this cast, I would guess. Yeah, I mean... I, I guess we're kind of coming to the crunch point about like, well, what are they actually going to do like they're gonna to have to make an announcement pretty soon because mm-hmm. it's top four, so we've got two weeks left. Yeah, we have six, so make it makeup challenge. Um, so yeah, so it's makeover and one woman show. Yeah, 
Yeah, by the way, we've looked up, we've looked at the episodes before, then, um, but we we don't know who wins or anything like that. But we we know the running order. So we, we know what the challenges so, are for them. Next week is makeup challenge. Then the final five is the one woman show. Then when there's four of them, it's the song like the Reggie Roche or whatever song, the reunion, and then the finale. So we still have five weeks to go. <laughs> and the I suppose the reunion and the finale haven't been filmed yet. So true they're going to have to and I suppose wasn't it um, when we had Conor Bean on suggested that they might just throw um, all stars on to bridge the gap until they can film something which I actually kind of hope they do because this has been such a strong season and that the queens in this season have all like if you think about like even even in this challenge and and the, the previous one that we were talking about any of the the bottom queens' performances in the um the bottom the bottom queens' performances in this season would have been safe middle of the pack even top in some of the previous seasons. Yeah. It's a really strong group, and they've had such a shit show mm. to to be honest that like I I think they deserve a live finale where they get to have a crowd of people clapping for them. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so I suppose we're a bit out from the final four. But who do you think is going to be the final four? Let's let's for argument's sake, just say Sherry's one of them. So we have three more left to fill. Okay, so it's so interesting because how different this is to where I was at the beginning. But I am seeing Jada very strongly heading towards that final four. Um, God, let me think now. See, because I would have I would have put Jackie in there hands down, absolutely one hundred percent. But now I'm not quite so sure. Mm. So I think Jada and Gigi and Sherry are absolutely into I would, the top. I four. would agree. I think those and that last space is going to be um, a toss up between I would have said Jackie and Jackie and Crystal. Maybe mm. I feel like the makeup challenge might be Heidi's undoing. Yeah, I think you're probably right. And then it leaves Crystal and Jackie to face it off in the one woman challenge. And that I would say is going to be, I would have said something that would favour Jackie. But then in the last two performances or in the last performance. Last two episodes, Crystal has done really well. And that's going to be a similar type of challenge. Yeah. So it's going, to, it's going to be tough, I have to say. And again, me sort of plugging Jada. So Jada has actually never been in the bottom this season. And I had a look at other queens who've managed to make it through nine episodes and not even be low. And there's only three of them. Chad Michaels, Bianca Del Rio and Shea Coulee. Three oh. behemoths. So. Yeah. And I, th- I think three season winners. Well, Shea didn't win. Well, with time, she might. <laughs> <laughs> Right, that's pretty much it for the episode. Thank you for listening. As always, thank you for bearing with us over the last week while I kind of recoup. Well, absolutely. Um, you know, you can you can go and you can like us on Facebook or or uh, or Instagram at cc.pod uh, and email us. Let's uh, let's not even give the email. No one no one emails us. No one writes anymore. What has happened to the art of writing an email? People, come on. You can send us an email and just pure emojis if that's your, you know, if that's your vernacular. Yeah, 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 exactly. I'll be, I'll be really confused, apparently, um, <laughs> uh, as this episode of Drag Race proved. Well, the politics episode of Drag Race proved. I've moved into sort of old person territory now. What's going on? Who are these people? Where did they find these costumes? And now that we're back, it means full order has resumed. So the Fantasy League is back up and running. 
obviously there was a two-week break but we're back to sort of close off the season there's a cumulative one running in the background so let's see who takes home the crown of rupaul's drag race next drag race fantasy league superstar top superstar <laughs> x factor here's me gran Whoop. geraldine mcqueen yeah <laughs> okay we'll talk to you next week bye, bye. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.